Looking to host your first swim meet or replacing an old timing system? Run a swim meet with ease from your laptop using superior swim timing. You can use superior swim timing with your existing equipment or they can provide you with a complete timing solution including deck harnesses, buttons and starter. SST is fully compatible with Hi-Tech and Team Unify as well as Colorado, Dactronics and Amiga touchpads. Go to superiorswimtiming.com to learn more and be sure to tell them I sent you. Destro Swim Towers. Gain strength in the water with a tower of power. Save $150 per double swim tower by using code BRETT, B-R-E-T-T, at checkout. Destromachines.com. Swim Angelfish is an online certification program that strengthens your teaching curriculum to serve swimmers of all abilities. Swim Angelfish will prepare you and your instructors with the skills to teach swimmers with autism, physical disabilities, anxiety, sensory and motor conditions, and more. Learn to teach skills faster and with more comfort with Swim Angelfish. Apply for an only alpha pool product scholarship and receive up to 50% off your certification. Go to swimangelfish.com today to apply. Okay, every year people ask me what they should get their swimmer for Christmas, and I always tell them the same thing. Get a pair of drag socks made by Aquavolo. It's the perfect stocking stuffer for any swimmer. Honestly, there's no simpler training tool to build power in the water than a pair of drag socks. Go to aquavolo.com and use the code BRETT, B-R-E-T-T, at checkout and save 10%. All right, let's see how we go. We're up. Uh, Greg Troy, welcome back to the podcast. We had a little uh, some, some issues this morning. We decided to try this again. I think we're looking pretty good. So why don't we go, get into this again? Listen, man, look, you, you've coached the world's best swimmer for the past eight years. What has that experience been like? And, um, and, and talk to us about kind of Caleb's growth over that period of time. Oh, he's, um, anytime you get to work with someone like that, it's special. Mm-hmm. The, you know, he's, he's, he's different than some of the other good ones I've worked with in, in a good way. Most of the time, very cerebral. Um, and he's, he's very directed perfectionist very much. So, you know, sometimes he's his own worst critic. Um, but um, he came into school, good background from balls, been a good swimmer, pretty versatile. Uh, main problem we had is he'd been out of swimming for six months. Mm. So when we came in the first two years, we treated him as a, I uh, came in in what, 14? And we treated him as pretty much a traditional college sprinter. He was a little mm. lighter on the work and built it up as we went through. And then uh, after 16, we took it up a little different notch, took him out of that traditional sprint program. I think we talked a little bit earlier. He, uh, he followed Brad DeBoer, that was uh, hmm. a good sprinter himself. Brad, Brad went 18-8 and 41 and change. But um, I always felt man, it short change Brad a little bit because we didn't extend him a little bit more. Treat him right. like a traditional college sprinter, all, all tempo and speed stuff. And um, kind of um, as good as he was and just missed winning the NC2As, Still felt like maybe we'd shortchanged him a little bit. So changed Caleb's program a little bit at that point. And in 16, he trained much more like a, um, a little bit more like a 200 freestyler. 
Mm -hmm. A lot of medley work, uh, expanded some of his options and uh, went a little bit away from the tempo work to a little more of uh, um, endurance. I wouldn't call it endurance, uh, efficiency. We're going to hold on to the stroke to be as efficient as we can be a little bit longer. And if you look at his career, his stroke rate and his tempos actually went down over the course of uh, almost in two-year deals. And right. so that was 16 to 18. And then in, uh, in 18, when I decided to, to leave the collegiate program, some health issues and some stuff just felt like um, he's swimming events where, as you well know, there's not, not a whole lot of room to, to miss mm. out in the 1,500 no. flies. You, you, no. you make uh, – there's not room anywhere at that level for errors, but there's even less of those events. And um, so we, we talked a little bit what it was going to take to do well in 18. And um, the program was directed towards that. And it became a two-year program with a focus of, of being really good in, in 20. And um, as we all know, it became a two-and-a-half-year program, mm. uh, three-year three program. And we, we started out, we did some things different, built a group around him, some uh, some pretty good athletes and at one point, we had as many as about 22, 23 at the middle, middle of the pandemic, which was a good thing because wow. it was good to have it. But the normal group was set up to 10 to 15, and we finished up with about 12 at the end of last summer. Um, but our, our pool time got a, got a little little tough last summer. Everyone had problems because of the pandemic. Ours was we were traveling a lot. We, we had adequate water. It just was uh, unique places and not, not the best training dynamic and kind of odd hours, but we made the best of it. Right, right. Um, l listen, man, it's just it's been so impressive. And I kind of said this this morning uh, earlier, and I'll repeat it again. Like there was a period of time where I hated you because you had Caleb Dressel. It's just the bottom line. You, I, I felt like you had, an it had to be that way. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I hated you then too. <laughs> yeah, but it's like, but you had it. You had an incredible athlete. I knew that. But I, I, I've said this, and I'll say it publicly. You've done things with Caleb. I don't think I could. I'm, I'm sure I could never have done. Um, you, you've you've done outstanding work with him. There's no doubt about it. Look, Caleb, we all know Caleb's talents. We all know Caleb's work ethic. and and the, But a lot of that has been led by you. And a lot of that has been guided by you. And I don't think you get enough credit for the work that you've done with him in that sense. Uh, may, maybe you do, maybe you don't. But, but from my point of view, I'm giving you the credit. You've done outstanding with him. I think, like I said, you've, you've opened up avenues for him to explore that I probably wouldn't have done that. And and maybe uh, within my program, he, he wouldn't been able to flourish in those areas. And and you've given him all of this. And and he's got a capacity now, unlike any other sprinter I've ever seen in history. You know, we've seen the Phelps's capacity, but he's kind of coming from that mid-distance down, whereas Caleb is really coming from that sprint orientation. And for him to kind of expand and do what he's doing is quite fascinating and still have the skill level that he's got. I mean, his skills are off the charts. I mean, there are people that study this this kid in terms of the way he gets off the blocks, into his underwaters. I mean, the, the thing, the little details that you guys are doing is incredible. So I just wanted to kind of pour some credit onto you. I think you've done outstanding with him. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. That's great coming from you. But the, the kid's good to work with. And um, we've done some different things, especially the last three years where it was uh, a smaller group. Uh, we could design a lot of things a little bit different. Uh, volume's probably a little bit up for a little bit from what normal sprinters, but not not the dramatic, not as much as the people outside. Thank you. We've had our own Robert Pinner work with me, but Robert and I are the only two that are have been on the deck for any significance. So most of the, a couple of foreign coaches coming in, but mm -hmm. um, our our volume isn't quite as high as everyone thinks it is. But it, it runs cycles, and he's on a cycle where uh, where we we hit some pretty big things sometimes, and we hit some real, real, real fast stuff. 
and, and work on a lot of little technique issues. Do you give Caleb a pretty clear picture at the start of the season? This is the direction I want to go. These are some of the adjustments I want to make. Um, is that, does that happen? Yeah, that, that's um, we, we, we certainly evaluate the end of the season. And this is no different than, than anyone I worked with in the past. I've had an opportunity to work with a lot of good guys. And you know, as far back as Gustavo Borges, even Anthony, Anthony Nesty in high school, but the, the, those, uh, those guys and Ryan Lochte, um, I think sometimes it, the planning is real important. Mm. And like I said, we were on basically a 24 month program getting ready for this and the meets along the way, it's very process driven. I think sometimes um, we become, especially in today's world with money involved in things, we become very results driven and it should be process driven. So all, all our meets along the way, we're looking for certain things and, and maybe in one, two week cycle, we've, uh, we found we weren't very good in our approaches to the wall. So the next two to three week cycle or four weeks, whatever we're on, working towards the next competition, what we'd like to see the next meet is those type of things getting better. Mm. And um, regardless of what the time is, time's always important, but it's not the main factor. And, and sharing with him what we're looking at, what we're working with, I, I think it's real important. Uh, the best athletes I've worked with, uh, I think the one of the most important things is the ability to share with them and take the information they give you and put that back and implement it in what's going on. Right. So there's got to right. be a real good trust factor talking back and forth. You were kind of lucky in college, kind of open up the playbook on him. I saw a hundred breaststroke in there. I saw some 200 IM, some 200 freestyles, obviously in terms of internationally at the, at the long course level, was there ever any serious talk about maybe going into a, a serious 200 freestyle or a, even a 200 IM? I think he could lay down a 200 IM. But, you know, was there any serious talk like that? I, I, I Yes. I, I think he can swim a great 200 IM. Uh, it right, just doesn't yeah. fit in the program. The way the doubles are now internationally in the big meets where you've got a, a semi and a final, it, it, it's a tough program. And, and his best events, the program doesn't favor him very well. We, we sit two days at the Olympics before we really swim. And then you're getting into it, and then it's boom, boom, boom. You're going all of them three times. Uh, you got some relay performances. And, and I think, um, as you well know, um, people don't always understand the mental stress at that level mm. and the mental stress. Every time you add an event, it's not adding one event. It's adding the, the recovery from it, um, mm -hmm. the preparation for it, the mm -hmm. thought process, it changes your training a little bit because you're so, but, but we looked at those because he's certainly good. The 200 I just didn't fit the 200 freestyle. Um, we we're real serious about, I think he can swim a great one. I, I don't think there's any doubt in my mind. He's a, he's a 144 guy. But um, again, we're back. It's not so much can you do the 144. The question becomes, what are we going to see the next day? Mm -hmm. and, uh, yeah. and and two days down because mm -hmm. um, and and the the 200 free. It wasn't just a 200 free. It's a 200 free coming out of the the semis, the 100 free, which as we saw this past Olympics, you couldn't slip in the semis. That was a heck of a heat that uh, that made the finals. So from that yeah. dynamic. We just sat down and looked at it, and I, I think we talked earlier. Um, you trained a little bit with um, with Alexander Popov, right? And he was a high volume sprint guy. I, matter of fact, Caleb doesn't swim near as much as what uh, what Popov did. He and Teresky, mm -hmm. but uh, you can't find a two hundred freestyle for the guy ever. Just because you swim a lot doesn't necessarily mean it's that 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 set fits in with the two hundred free. That's a different animal, especially long course. Now short course. I think if he ever swam it on our 800 freestyle relay fresh, he's probably 137 and change. Uh, I don't mm -hmm. think there's too much doubt in that. 
we all walk a line as well of kind of um you know pushing the limits obviously and 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 finding those thresholds and and taking the performance to another level especially in practice so you know from from the sprint point of view and and kind of the way he's made up um is was there ever a fear during that time of like going too hard pushing too hard how did you know when to pull back those sorts of things with him well, I don't know if I'd call it a fear, but there's always a concern because mm-hmm. you, you don't want to put those guys so far under that you can't come back. And the further you put them under, the harder it's to come back. I right. talked with Ernie McGlisco a little bit about it. Ernie has some way more scientific than myself. And he's got some real good thoughts on, on how often you should go real hard and, and how hard it is to recover from it. But in Caleb's situation, we certainly wanted to press the envelope. And, uh, and and like all athletes, he was questioning. And in today's world, you got all kinds of social media help and everything you do. And uh, when he went 18-2, he and I had a conversation about what we were going to have to do. And you know, everyone said, "Well, Caleb, I want to pick up the phone and call someone that's had someone go faster than 18-2 to find out what to do." And no, there's no one to call, talk to. So I, I said, "I think versus us, do what everyone else does. Let's let's take a look at where we can most improve. What can we best do?" And then it became uh, lengthening the stroke. He's naturally strong, but I've got the greatest strength coach. Matt Delance is fantastic. He's yeah. worked with uh, Gemma Spofford when she broke the world record, Ryan Lochte. Uh, I've had him the whole way through. He understands the sport really well. Right. And, uh, and, uh, but, but that strength he gets in the weight room is only as good as you can convert at the pool, and you can't convert it if everything's about tempo. Mm-hmm. And, and by the same token, if you get too fatigued and you do too much, then, then you can't put those two things together. So I always had some training markers, things that I was watching on the side to make sure that we never got too far away from where we were. Um, right. So, so that I'm checking constantly to, to see how fatigued he's getting. Because um, I always tell athletes, you know, you get mentally fatigued, you get physically fatigued. Physically fatigued, you swim poorly, and mentally fatigued, you swim poorly. If you get both of them at the same time, you're, you're in a bad hole. Uh, but unfortunately... Yeah. The, the mental fatigue when sometimes doesn't allow them to give you good information. So you have to have some way to mark the information themselves. So we did certain things that I, I was watching in practice. And I, I think I told you early one of them that we, we might get some guys up and go a few 25s every once in a while, but it was part of practice, maybe built into a set, you know, it might, might be whatever it is, you go three, 200, stand up and dive a couple 25s. He never knew it, but those 25s are, if I'm not seeing short course, Nine two, nine three, on a regular basis to the hand, um, and then I've got him too tired. Especially seeing nine four, nine five, nine six uh, to the feet, um, and as, as he got better, it, that that now that variable changed a little bit. As he got better and got more mature, then we were starting to look for nine two, nine three, nine four to the feet, and eight plus to the hand. So, mm-hmm. um, but but whenever those we're too far away from those, and it wasn't just one day. But you see one day and then you see another day that looks like it. And you got to start to see two of those in a row. Then you knew it was time to kind of pull the horses off. But but how right. you pull them off was important. Um, right. You could pull off by kicking. You could pull off by, by working another stroke. You could pull off by changing what you're doing. Uh, when it got really bad, especially if it was a mental case too, then I'd pull them off. i just hey, take the weekend us Friday morning and I'll see you on Monday mm-hmm. afternoon. Right. Yeah. 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 Made that call many times myself with some, with some sprinters, you know, they just get to a point, but um, I was able to clip the part where we talked about the eight fifties and, and I put that up on social media and people are loving it already. Uh, give me maybe a, a capacity set or something where you would build some endurance in Caleb or maybe 
you know, a good a fly set or something. Give me something else where people can kind of grab onto. Uh, he, he's been 24s, and he didn't have to do them. We, we had a tradition thing where we always did it. But 2400s. He bought in doing them. Now. We didn't do them the past two years. 2400s. He's been 2400s on five minutes. Now, when we started doing them, he didn't like it. And then the whole team was doing them. Then he wanted to do them. And then he first option, he did it with fins. And then we did it without fins. And he got, he got the point. He was pretty good at it. And uh, actually, I think the last time we did it, we did them on 445. So mm. th 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 that's the extreme end. Um, the, the, for the Olympic cycle, I, Paul Silver, um, during COVID, I was looking for some different stuff. And mm. Paul Silver had given me a set. His guys did, high schoolers, that they went short yards, um, a 75 on 130. They did 24 75s, one on 130, one on 120, one on, one on uh, 110. Mm. And uh, we took the same set and we did it short meters, one on 130, one on 120, one on a minute. And the, um, the, 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 the format, the first two were smooth. And we always talked uh, talk about not, not about easy, smooth and pretty. So mm -hmm. we're constantly working technique and making sure your walls and your breakouts are good. And then the third one was really fast. And it was 24 of them, just sets of six. Um, went uh, And they got like an extra 30 seconds every set of six. Um, that's a pretty big set for a sprint guy. And But what we did is we did it as a repeating set. And we came back, and then two weeks later, it was uh, one and one thirty, and then one and one twenty fast, and one and one minute fast, and then the third time, the third time through, they were all fast, and then we played with that set all kinds of different ways, with more numbers, less uh, repeated through. So I, stuff like right. that, where he can see himself improve. He liked he likes things where he can see himself improve. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So. Now, when when he's um when he's at that world record form and, and he's having a meet like that, what kind of taper do you give for him? Is he a short taper guy, long taper guy? How do you work that out? Um, I don't look at his taper as much as his preparation. Okay. It's, 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 um, uh, I tr I've i tried the last six years of my coaching to stay away from taper and rest. Taper and rest are, are part part of the preparation mm -hmm. but it gives you a little more ability to how you prepare for the meet you we prepare for every meet we go to but what are we preparing to see we're preparing yeah. to see a little bit better turns we're preparing to see a little better speed going out we're preparing to see the back end of the race we're just preparing to be faster than what we were in the last meet and and we it, it gives you um, a greater menu of things you can do his preparation for the for the world championships in 17 um was uh we're, we're looking at six weeks hmm. and uh, wow. and sometimes even longer, depending how you look at it. Uh, pretty yeah. much the same for the, but, but what you do within that's really important. And then how you cycle through that six week time period, what you're looking at. I think those are the keys tying it all together. What about, what about this other side of it, coach, where um, we're now looking at replacing Phelps and, and, and America's looking for his replacement and Caleb comes along and, and he's doing what he's doing. All of a sudden, people are comparing him to Phelps and people are saying he's the next Phelps and, and he's going to win everything. He's going to break every world record. Did you notice that pressure starting to build up on him? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was – that's um... – First of all, there's only one Michael Phelps. Yeah. The, the guy's amazing. And and I think um, 
our, our whole thought process all the time, and, and I think Caleb expressed this, we never want to be Michael Phelps, we want to be the best Caleb dresser we could be. Right. And um, the program didn't always lend us to be the best Caleb dresser as versatile as we would want to be. But uh, Kevin very much stuff. But those um, outside extenuating circumstances, uh, all the externals, the, mm. the expectations, man, they, they weigh you down. They make it really hard. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I, I think that's one of the things. But could he have been faster in, uh, in Tokyo? I think he could have been faster. Now, obviously, the flyway went real great around the turns, but I think that's that's relative to we just we're getting so much faster, and we, we probably should have done a few more things around the walls. But um, th- those freestyle swim, I think he's faster than those freestyle swims, but faster under the kind of pressure he's under, I don't know. Yeah, massive yeah, pressure. Um, it's oh, it's it's a whole different dynamic. People that haven't been there and haven't done it, they don't understand what it's like. And and the pressure goes up every time you're successful. Peter Vanderkay told me and. In 12, I'm thinking that I worked with him two years before the Olympics in 12. And uh, Peter Peter told me that I was thinking, gosh, this guy's so experienced. He's been to the national team, done all things, American record holder, been to two Olympics. I don't have to worry about it. He says every time you went, the pressure became greater. And, right. and I, I really saw that um, expectation. And, and Meade has made it worse now than ever before. Was it at its worst in Tokyo? Do you feel like uh, Caleb's come out publicly and said that he was feeling, you know, some some mental stress for sure? Um, you were picking up on that as well. Oh, without a doubt. And I, th- I think that's probably one of the biggest areas as a coach you have to you have to constantly be managing that and have a pulse in that because right. that, that mental approach so much affects what you're going to do physically, um, and, uh, and 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 knowing knowing what buttons to push, what things to say, when when not to say something is probably more important. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, sometimes um, just being able to uh, talk about what you had for dinner or yeah. have you talked to your wife today, Th- those things are really, really key. And uh, I, I saw it more, I saw it, saw it really big at the Olympic trials. Um, just the, you're supposed to make the team. I don't expect you to make the team, the expectation to do it. Once we made that first event, once it made the 100 freestyle, it wasn't um, the exuberant. It wasn't as much anything to do with the time of making the team. It was the stresses off. But then yeah. it builds again going in the Olympics. Only it's a different, a little different dynamic. Was there an expectation from him personally? You think to break world records in Tokyo? Wait. I, I, th- I think there's always that expectation. I mean. When you're a bit of a perfectionist, and and I'm probably a little that way myself, and you're building a sport where it's about performance but getting better, if you're already just off the world record, the only way you can get better is to break the world record. Then it's got to be part of the dynamic. Right. Um, so uh, I, I was, uh, I, I had, um, I might even have one of the Aussie coaches, I don't know, but someone came to me at the Olympics in Tokyo and, and talked about uh, after the hundred butterfly. And they're very complimentary. And they said, you know, uh, lots of people break world records and lots of people win gold medals. They said very seldom do you do both at the same time. Mm. And I started thinking about that. And you start thinking about it. You know, there's a lot of, you see a lot of those records in the semis, you see them in the prelims, you see them after the Olympics, you see them before the Olympics, but, but actually world record swim and winning at the same time at that level. It's, I wouldn't say it's rare, but it's certainly not something that happens that often. Yeah. 
listen, Coach, I'll be honest with you. I, I was sitting there the other day and I, I saw uh, Caleb kind of make an announcement that kind of took me by surprise. And I think maybe a lot of people uh, felt the same way. You know, he, he said that he was, you know, moving from you and shifting coaches to to Anthony and the program there. And I was I was trying to put it all together, which is why I reached out to you because I want to just hear it from you. Like, what what what's going on there? Well, I mean, it was it was no surprise. We talked we talked a little bit, very much like when Ryan left the first time around. But but this time was I just don't have adequate pool time right now. Um, the our hours have become awkward and I don't have adequate pool time and have a very, very small group. And, and Caleb's a social animal. Those people mm -hmm. around him, the, the group we had was tremendous. Those guys were bonded. They did all kinds of things together. It, it helps you get through the tough times, as you well know. And, um, it, but we, the group was down. I didn't have adequate time where I felt it was really good to ask people to move to Gainesville to, to enlarge the size of the group. And um, so at, at, at that point, I said, you know, till we get something worked out. And at the same time, uh, process for me, um, uh, I'm um, a little different point in my life. We've done it, it's really good. Um, right. But if, if we can't do it, can't do it right, we don't have the right time to do it, then that becomes a, a little bit problematic. The, um, and the Florida program's really good. Um, I've known Anthony since he swam for me in high school in the 80s. He worked a couple of years at Bowles. Um, we worked together 20 years at, at, at Florida, and, uh, and he's seen how we ran our quad cycles every time. So he's been through four quads with us, understands where we're going. So I, I think that, um, you know, it, 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 certainly, it certainly has a group to swim with where we didn't have those things. And Caleb's asked me, well, we'll stay close and still stay in contact. We spent this fall just um, – we didn't need much pool time this fall just because we we're getting ready for ISL. And I felt like, um, I think we talked earlier, I think yeah. that whole stress factor we talked about a lot of those guys that jump right back into everything right after the Olympics. Um, mm. be very cautious. You yeah. want to be stale in 2023. It's, it's not a good place to be. And everything's going to, you know, they're, they're forcing everything into three years now versus four. So everything's going to move real quick. And, and all I wanted to go was singles this fall with the idea that we'd start back with doubles in January. And, and if you have pool time, but we don't have pool time and don't have a group at the moment. So to get some of those things worked out, we're coach, you understand, you, you understand that there's a lot of people listening right now and they're asking themselves, how does Greg Troy and Caleb Dressel not have pool time at the university of Florida? Uh, there's a, there's a lot of bodies and club team. And we, we also lost some city pool time. They're redoing one of the city pools. So, you know, those, those are things that just, we just didn't have as much pool time as I felt like we needed to be as successful as we'd like to be. And, right. and, and, and it goes back to having a group of people around too. Um, you know, you can, you could probably do it on a little bit less and we've done it on less before, but I just felt like um, just didn't have enough people to do it at the moment. So. But between you and the university, everything's still cool, right? You, you oh, guys yeah. are still great. Yeah. Oh yeah, I have no problem with the university. University of Florida is a great place. It's um, fantastic. Always, uh, we always swam well. They were they're interested in international swimming. So, and then they were really good with us uh, in pool time. Pandemic affected everyone a little bit. Changes mm -hmm. what you're doing. And you know, you talk to any of the college coaches. It, it affects your uh, pool time for your pro groups a lot. But but now the 
the size of the program and the club team, it was just hard to get what we needed. Well, apart from the world's best male, it seems like they've got the world's best female swimmer there now. What's your opinion on Katie uh, coming to swim there? I do. Um, I'm not involved in that one at all. I just Katie's a Katie's a great one to work with. I can only imagine what what she's going to do. So I think that um, every time I've seen her, she's tough. She is tough. Oh, you know, I will say this. You and I have had many personal conversations about this in terms of the, the magnitude of a program where, you, where you're dealing with, as a head coach, you're dealing with, um, you know, a men's team, a women's team, and a pro group. Do you have fears for Anthony that he seems, you know, it seems like he's taken on a lot, you know? And, and like I said, you and I have both been there and, and, and dealt with that stress. There's a lot going on there. Well, there's always a whole lot going on. And, and, um, you, you always got your hands full. There's always something going on. You, you know what it's yeah. like being in a combined program. But by the yeah. same time, we're back to watching four quads, and we always had a big group, and and um, and we always had a good staff. So I think you, you work those things together, and and but you you certainly have to be aware of what's going on. It's easy to yeah. let things slip and drop away from you if you're not on top of it. Real quick, yeah. Uh, well, what about this then, Coach? What's next for you? Where, where, what's the next um, few months, uh, maybe a couple of years look like? I'm going to take um, – the plan all, all along was to take uh, – when those guys left for ISL, and they don't get back to December, is take, uh, take December off, January, and start to put some things back together. I've got uh, some things I don't, I don't want to get out of the sport completely, and I, I think there's some uh, – some some thoughts, some educational things I might be able to help with, and do some mentorship things. Uh, Caleb has asked me to kind of stay involved in what he's doing, and I'll certainly do that for him. He's he's great, and so I I don't know. It's, it's a little searching around, take some time off, make sure my wife's happy with what we're doing, and kind of figure out what the next step is. Yeah, well, we don't want to lose you. That's for sure. You need to stay involved somehow. So we'll we'll figure it out. Maybe you and I can grab a beer and a steak and kind of talk about the future a little bit as well. So uh, it, one last thing. Yeah. Um, is there any fears from your end that Caleb it, it won't improve now? Like, or, you know, won't progress or it has hit his peak or anything like that? No, I think he's a pretty conscientious guy. And he's, he's gotten the point. Uh, the the skill set's fantastic. Uh, I, I think he's real aware of what he's done. I think if he doesn't get too far away from those core things, and there's some things he can certainly clean up, and there's always room to get better. We never felt like anything he did was perfect. I think we talked earlier, the you know, two best swims I've ever seen from him were, were um, uh, long course, I can't pick one out. Butterfly's pretty good. Maybe his yeah. butterfly swim, the prelim fly swim at the Olympic trials was probably the best 100 fly I've ever seen. Easiest mm. 50 point I've ever seen. I don't think he touched mm. anything. True. The, um, the, the 200 IM, when he broke the American record, the Southeastern Conference beat was a, a tremendous swim. And then uh, the 42-800 yard butterfly at the NC2As, didn't mm. get anywhere in there for enough credit for that one. And that, that swim is coming on the heels of 17-8, 17-6 the night before he leads. He swims breaststroke on our 400 medley relay, pulls a groin muscle. We weren't even sure he was going to swim the next day. He's got some uh, some really great abilities to, to overcome pain and, and rise to challenges so i think he's just going to keep getting better yeah listen i've been on the pool deck watched some many great swims in my lifetime but that 17-6 one uh, really took my breath away i just to me it was almost perfection you know because you'd never seen anything like that anyway but he was just so far ahead of the field 
Um, you know, and it's one thing for someone to take a leap forward, but to me, that was like a quantum leap. It's like, I don't know if, I don't know if people are going to get anywhere near that for a very long time. You know, it's pretty interesting if you, if you take that swim and you can cut just to Caleb, you don't see the rest of the field, know where they were. It doesn't really look that fast because it's so efficient. Yeah, You know, exactly. you have nothing to compare it to. And right. to me, that's when you're really swimming well. You know, yeah. When it's fast and you didn't, didn't look like it was fast. So didn't he's learned how to yeah. put all those pieces together, be efficient, translate that strength from Matt Delancey to the weight room. You know, Matt, Matt was really good. And we did a lot of things in the water that were set up to take that strength and and build it into a performance in the water. Well, listen, I appreciate this. I told you I'd keep you about 30 minutes. Thanks for your time again. And listen, um, congrats on everything that you've done for him and then also over the last few years and and, and all the times that you kicked my butt. I, I still enjoyed it, you know. Um, I always I always say to people, I say, Greg was always the first person, win or lose, to come up and shake your hand. Most of the time he won, but, you know, even when he lost, he would still come up and uh, be the first person to shake your hand. I always appreciated that, so. Well, I always loved racing your guys that were well-prepared. That, that Auburn-Florida rivalry was always good. It brought out the best in both. Sometimes the worst, but usually the best. <laughs> usually the best. All right, buddy. Uh, thanks again. Uh, take care, and we'll catch up soon, all right? All right. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. See you, Greg. Bye. Event, heat, lane, name of swimmer, times and places. It's called Swim Nerd Live, and it allows the data and times from your actual scoreboard to be broadcast and viewed in real time on any smart TV, phone, or other device. There are so many things you can do with this software. A very simple and easy-to-use necessity for any team or facility that is live streaming their meets results. One click on any device, and they're watching your swim meet live in real time. Go to swimpractice.com to learn more.